Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 43 of the Hunger for the Puzzle podcast. My guest today is coming to me live from Aspen, Colorado. I am, of course, in Melbourne, Australia, where it's 10 a.m. I'm not sure what time is it there, Win. I know it's the evening, but what time it's is it? 4 p.m. straight up. 4 p.m., 4 p.m. So totally different time zones, totally different parts of the world, but connected here in one place to you all watching. Now, Wynne is a fellow podcast host. She, does ha she has cerebral palsy, and her mission is to help other people with physical and mental disabilities to find their voices through written and spoken word using today's assistive technologies. And I, I was just saying to, to, to people, to you off camera, Wynne, that, you know, you, you obviously have been presented with some pretty, pretty hectic challenges in life, but you haven't let that stop you at all. And in fact, you've probably achieved more than most. So um, I'd just like to welcome you on the show uh, and to that point, commend you on, on everything that you're doing. Um, and yeah, just welcome you along today. It's my pleasure to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me on, Jake. And yes, as Jake said, my name is Win W-I-N. And yes, that's my Lego name. And please don't call me Charles as my first name. That drives me bats when people do it. And as Jake said, I have cerebral palsy. I have had cerebral palsy for 33 years. And um, every day is a challenge. But I manage to do content creation full time with cerebral palsy. Yes, yes, you do. I mean, you've you've taken podcasting and social media, and, and you do it as a full time job, right? But not only that, you've you've written a series of books, which we'll get into in in a minute. But I mean, please talk to us about sort of the social media end, and and do you do that for your own brand, your own personal brand, or do you do it for others? I do that for my own brand, but when disabled people ask me to do it. I do it for them because I'm techno I'm technology savvy enough that I can do other people's social media, but my niche is being the voice for the voiceless and my niche is helping others with disabilities. I love that. I love that niche, uh, niche, niche, whatever you want, however you want to call it. They call it niche there. We call it niche here, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that. I love that niche. I think, and I commend you to that point, you know, for, for helping others, you know, that perhaps have similar or same challenges as you because everyone has deserves their voice to be heard just because they don't know how to use the platforms or the technology doesn't mean that they shouldn't have their, their voices, their story no, hurt. No, exactly. so the fact that you can facilitate that for for people is fantastic, and and I also think that, of course, the online space is a very busy space. The internet has now reached a level of maturity where it is just content at scale on mass every day on all platforms. And I think when you have a niche, when you when you dial into a certain audience or a certain thing, then it makes it quite a bit easier to be visible in that space, seen, heard, and have your, your voice, your story, and your message seen and heard. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I think a niche, is, a niche is the way forward to go. Yes. 
Now, now tell me about where, where and when did you get started with, with podcasting and, and perhaps doing social media? Did it just kind of, did you start doing it for yourself and you thought, hey, I could do this for other people? Well, I got started in social media land. I was always on social media as a way of getting out there and as a way of um, promoting my book to begin with before I even wrote the book, and that was 10 years ago. So by the time I hit publish button on the book, I had I was already set up to sell that book. And then I took it one step further by marketing the book via my podcast, which is now turned into three podcasts. One, The Amazing Voices of Teachers. The second one, The Artwork of CP, which is cerebral palsy. And um, the third one, which I'm most known for, is Ask When. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, and, and then from there, did you think, hey, I could start helping other people here and doing social media? Did someone ask you, or did you just think, I'll put the word out and see what comes back? Uh, someone literally asked me. They go, yeah. can you help? Can you help this other person with who has a disability who happens to be a very good friend of mine with his disability with his social media and i'm like sure so that's how that came to be but because of my background in journalism and because i am a self-taught journalist i'll be a fully accredited journalist i'll actually have a degree in it um in february of 2022 and so my original degree was in education and I don't know whether I hated it or it hated me education. And so I gracefully left my, well, not gracefully, I left my job due to, I lost my job due to the pandemic. Right, so, so. Well, what was your job? Teaching. Okay, sorry, yeah, with you. Yeah, I teaching. was in teaching for 13 years and I if and people have asked me this publicly they go well when do you go back to teaching and I'll stay in content creation I said stay in content creation immediately because I love what I do I was the, I like most of Americans, most people won't whine when they dread their job, when their job stresses them out and they're pulling 14 hour days and thinking about the kids when they go home at night and which I was. And it's like, no, no, we need to, uh, especially me, I need to, put me first because of cerebral palsy and if I don't put me first me's going to suffer and then I won't have a, a podcast because I'll be under the table and wall yeah exactly right and, and in, like you say you know it's about that is, it's I think it's well over 80 percent of Americans aren't happy in their job which is just a staggering statistic I mean yeah. just 
hundreds of millions of people going to something to do something each and every day that ultimately makes them miserable it's just it's just uh just try to get my head around it sometimes of course there's people that just you know um just are fine with that and they just they just don't see any other way and they don't think of any other way out but perhaps it was a blessing in disguise i think that you know you did lose your job because it's turned you to something that you ultimately you love more and and you can't beat that you can't just do you know do do like do what you love every day you know and and you know if you're great if, if you're getting you know if there's a financial transaction coming back for that even better but just like not focusing on that at the start and just doing what you do love every day your passion and just following it and and, and the yeah. money will come eventually because you'll get so good at it because you love it so much it's just yeah. a natural flow state of what's going to happen i, I really do yeah. think that and but I, if, I, if the finances come great if they yeah. don't wait Either way, you're still happy because you're doing what you love, and that's the motivator yeah. on you doing it, not the money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, now tell me, I, I'd, I'd imagine, though, along the way, like any any business, any transition, in fact, and it's a transition I've been through pretty recently from job to um, from employee to kind of just doing your own thing, being a hustler, being an entrepreneur. You know, um, what was your, you know, did you have some challenges along the way, and, and could you share some of them with us? Well, my biggest challenge, um, there was one small challenge and two big challenges. And the two big challenges came one, at, one after another month's apart. And the one small challenge was losing my biological mom. And then... Ten years later, in 2019, on May 19th, I got a call that changed my life forever. I got a call, and it began at 5:40, 4 a.m. actually, mm -hmm. and then I, and then it progressed into a 9 a.m. call that really changed my life. Um, my dad had passed away, and um, I was just devastated because I had—I was daddy's little girl. Not to say that I wasn't mommy's little girl, but mommy mm -hmm. did the medical and with me with cerebral palsy. And cerebral palsy is a lack of oxygen injury at birth. So yes, I was. I got cerebral palsy coming out of the womb, basically, lack of oxygen. Mm -hmm. And so I lost my dad, and my dad will always be my guiding light to solo entrepreneurship because that's how I grew up. I grew up with a stay-at-home stay mom. I grew up with a solo entrepreneur dad. And so... I was raised by an entrepreneur, so when I went to day job, I was so um, ready to leave the golden chains of the golden handcuffs of that day job. I'm like, nope, this is not for me. This is not for me. I wanna, I wanna go home and do my own stuff. And no, and I kept teasing my 
fan base. I said, now I just got to kick the day job out of the way, kick the day job out of the way. And my fan base was ready for me to kick the day job out of the way. They're like, come on, when you need to nail past this one, you preach. You can't hang on to this day job forever. You you put it out to the universe, kick the day job out of the way. And what was stopping me was I had, even though I loved the kids in my teaching job, the admin side wasn't so great. The admin side didn't treat me well, but the parents didn't want me to leave just because they were, I was teaching it the kids about cerebral palsy every time I walked into the classroom. So mm-hmm. parents were like, when can you stay? Can you stay one more year? And then um and then I was actually out of town when the week before the pandemic. And the week before the world shut down, I was actually at a podcasting conference in Orlando, Florida, and I flew home and I'll never forget it. I saw it. I had no one sitting next to me. No, um, no one sitting next to me. Thank God. And I will never forget it. I started weeping on openly on a plane, and I'm like, okay, when you're not the type to openly weep on a plane, and you just come off this amazing trip, learned how to be a better podcaster, learned how to get guests, learned everything you could uh, about podcasting, slash met your fan base, gave a hug to your fan base. I mean, people were coming up to me in a wheelchair, giving me a hug, saying, wow. when I listen to you, and I love you, keep up the good work. What? Why are you openly weeping? And I'm like, and then I, by the time I got to Chicago International Airport, Chicago all here, I figured out, out why I openly wept as I sat in a um, terminal waiting for my flight to Aspen. I'm like, okay, this is real. Well, my life is about to be turned upside down. My situation is about to be turned upside down because I am the social butterfly. I love to go out. I love to see people. I love to do um, everything else. And so, yeah. And so it turned upside down. So what I decided to do is, um, what I decided to do is dive bomb into journalism. Yeah, fantastic. And I, th- I think, like you said, this year has presented its own particular form and set of challenges, hasn't it? And um, you've either people have had the choice. Everyone's had the choice to either evolve and perhaps change and adapt their skills, and you know, perhaps pick up something that they had started learning a while ago, a project they had started a while ago, and think, you know, this gives me a bit of time, space, and just ultimately peace and quiet to to pick that up again or to study something new that I've wanted to study for a while. Or yeah. you know, a lot of people have just become extinct in the space. They've they've accepted the fact that 
you know the world has changed and they're not willing to change with it and and therefore you know it's it's it could have been a detriment, detrimental effect to them but you did not do that win no because i set myself up um i set myself up for success 10 years ago and i um i set myself up for success 10 years ago so i was lucky enough that I didn't have to go searching for a day job. I didn't have to get furloughed. I'm lucky enough that I have the finances to not, well, I can't go back to work because I'm mentally disabled and mm -hmm. I do have a disability. So I, I can't go to get a day job and get a paycheck. So it's, it would have to be a very minimal paycheck. Let's just put it that way. And I'm like, I don't want a minimal paycheck. I want something that <laughs> do on my own and love every day in and every day out. No, because I thought, well, I also thought, and people don't know this. I also thought when I uh, get when I got to Chicago International Airport, I thought, okay, do I start looking for a job? next week and then i a voice came into my head and said no you don't you concentrate on your degree you concentrate on what you love you don't start looking for a job you don't start looking for a job you go full on into journalism yeah and then that and that little voice was intuition wasn't it your intuition yeah. telling you yeah this you and know I, you know the path you want to follow just just you know have the courage and make the decision to follow it and, and never look back and i think yeah. there's a lot of power i find there's a lot of power in them moments of decision and you have to ultimately listen to your own intuition in those moments if you don't you often look back and you think hmm i perhaps should have <laughs> so and, I, yeah. um, and it was so funny because i remember staring at chicago to aspen and I'm like, okay, I'm going back to home, but my life has turned upside down. And the last person I hugged was my stepmom and who lives with me. And um, that was on March 9th. Hmm. Now, I just want to make this clear, and it might sound like a silly question, but it, it's, it's not quite clear in my mind, so it might not be quite clear to the audience. The reason that you lost your job is that because you can't be really in the in the public at the moment because covid poses too much of a risk to you combined Correct. with your health issues? That's, that's not yeah. a silly question i knew that question was yeah. out of someone they just haven't asked me yet but yeah i just wanted to make sure that that, 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 me that, that and i'm happy to answer that no i am at a high high risk People with disabilities in general are at high risk for COVID. So the reason why I lost my job is because they didn't have a plan. I even I even asked them, I said, do you want me to come in, mask up, glove up, and help you close out the end of the year and say goodbye? They go, no, we don't have a plan. And I'm like, you dumb and dumbs, you don't have a plan because you were just coming off spring break and now you have to teach 
you know, teaches how to teach virtually. And I'm sitting here. I they know I know technology. They didn't ask me. They didn't ask me. Would you like to help the teachers learn technology? And I um I learned from a colleague slash friend of mine that they were doing it all via Zoom, which I knew. And she goes, distance learning is odd. I'm like, well, they could have asked me, and I could have sat with you guys and taught you guys in two seconds flat if they would have asked me, but no. Oh, well, it was all to your fortuitous game, wasn't it? Because now it you do was, that. <laughs> um, to my fortuitous game that I I said, when they said, we don't have a plan, it would be safer for you to stay at home because when this was at the beginning of COVID. And um, I said, well, bye, guys. I'm going off to a land where I'm loved and I'm supported. Bye. <laughs> yes, I don't blame you at all. And tell me, just on that note, I'd like to know, like, what's the situation with the schools there now, particularly in Aspen? Are they... Are the kids back to school? They are are doing distance learning and they are my all my ex school is doing in person, of course, masked up. And my ex school is a private school, so they have more money than God. And Mm. so basically (laughs) they are doing um in person learning and they are doing everything they can but the public school is doing um distance learning via zoom and i think that i know the special ed system has always been screwed up and so I want to eventually, after my journalism degree, go back and get my master's degree in special and not not to go back into the education sector, no way, but just to use it as a coaching mechanism and just to, because I'm a special ed kid, I'm a special ed adult in my journalism program right now, so I want to refine the special ed system that's my ultimate goal before i die. i want to refine the special ed system i want to give all the teachers out there number one i want to give them a hug number two i want to give them at least nine hundred dollars and say here here's nine hundred dollars and not tell them i'm doing it and then um i'll take your kids for the afternoon you go scatter and do um, classroom management. I'll take your kids for the afternoon and do a um, virtual lesson. I'll do an in-person lesson and teach them about diversity because I think that um, teachers are getting so screwed over right now and it's like not fair and i'm watching this as a disabled woman i'm watching this as a journalist i'm watching this as a retired educator and it's like nope the teachers are not getting thanks the teachers um and i tell people this because i've been there the teachers and holiday seasons they get 100 they get 100 bucks and that's it 
all the parents chip in for that 100 bucks and then and then that's it for the christmas bonus well that christmas bonus in my case was sent uh, was spent on my cell phone bill so there goes my christmas bonus and then you get a coffee mug and that's it and i'm like no no thank you these teachers this year need about 900 bucks to um to replenish themselves and i'm not saying I am not saying that they can go spend it on classroom. Don't spend it on classroom because the inside teacher land is you have to spend your own money on the classroom. Really? You know, you get a budget. You have to, any extras you want comes out of teacher Susie Q's pocket. Are you talking about the public school here or the private school? I'm talking about the public school. I'm public talking school. about private private school. I'm talking about oh. university. I'm talking about every oh. school. They do have a budget, but um, teachers half to nine times out of ten spend out of their own pocket. Hmm. That doesn't make sense to me at all. You know, they should be. These are the people that are teaching our future generation, and and. You know, which is okay. Forty percent. The, the children of the world are. I said children of the world. The younger people of the world are forty percent of the population, but one hundred percent of the future. And the people that are teaching them should be heavily and finally rewarded to that. And and to to your point and what you said about the the holiday pay. You know, they should be rewarded well in the holiday because it's. I've never been a teacher, but I've, I've been a student, and I've seen from that end how much of a challenging and 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 probably emotionally and mentally wearing down job it is and when that holiday time comes that's really a time that they need to relax recuperate and rest up so that they can go back into the new term refreshed and ready for the challenges of that and ready to deliver um fantastic teaching to the children so it really surprises me that they're not um not not rewarded well in the holiday, holiday this year in particular that a lot of teachers are going back into the classroom. It's too much for them. Um, they'll be signing. I had, mm -hmm. I got a phone call the other night from a friend of mine who was in the teaching sector. And she said, when I quit, because it's too much. And I said, good on you. Good on you. You know how I feel. <laughs> and yeah. So, so a lot of teachers this year in particular are resigning because and moving on to some place else because um, they can't do it. And how do you think on the on the other end of that scale? How do you think this this time this pandemic will affect children and the fact that they've been taken out of their you know their familiar learning environment that many of them it's all they will have ever known to be taught you know teacher to child you know in the classroom environment with Many of their, many of their um, friends. I, I, um, I have mixed feelings about it. I know mm -hmm. special and perspective that is awful, 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 because there's only so much speech and language and occupational therapy and um, phys physical therapy. Physical therapy is not done by Zoom. It's done in person. Thank you very much. And um, and so 
there's only so much occupational therapy and only so much um, speech therapy, speech pathology that you can do virtually. And so the special ed system has always been the dot in the fuzzy end of a lollipop, but especially this year, it's getting even worse. And I, as I said, Jack, be, Jake, before I die and before I can't do this anymore, I want to put boots on the ground. I want to turn the special ed system around. Mm, I, 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 with a drive like yours, Win, I, I have no doubt at all in my mind that you will do that. And, and let's talk about that drive. And I think, you know, where does that, you know, we, we call it the hunger for the hustle on this show. And I define, I define hustle to be um, not seeing or liking the circumstances you see around you. So going out there and creating your own. Now, I'm not sure how you define hustle, but I'd love to know what your definition of it is and, and what drives yours, because you certainly have a big drive. My, um, my, drive is that my paternal grandmother actually named me. Her name was Wynn, and that's where I get my name. So my paternal grandmother, and she was a nurse too, so nurse in Canada. So I uh, pawned her for all her work. She lives, grandma lives till her 90s and she died of a heart attack in her own home but um and she knew she was having a heart attack too because she goes my heart feels funny and the next thing they know they call the doctor and they can revive her so um so i think that is my drive comes from not only my grandmother but my mom and my even though my mom was a stay-at-home mom she was an entrepreneur for a little while until she had me but um she she taught me how not to be disabled so to speak she taught me how to think and how to educate myself and figure out my own problems and my dad because he was I entrepreneur, when push comes to shove, you have to figure out your own problem. So I was lucky enough to have um, my dad come with me on ski days and do all the fun activities. I was also lucky enough to see my mommy at school, even though she wasn't the type to be the in-classroom parent or do all that stuff. She would come to my plays and come to my um, events, and even now, and she provided me with a one-on-one -on -one aid. Which in private school you have to provide. The family has to provide the child with a one-on-one -on -one aid. In public school, they put the public school has to provide the child with a one-on-one -on -one aid. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's, it's interesting that, isn't it, that many of our drive comes from our parents and the things that we saw them doing when we were much younger, particularly yeah. from the ages of, you know, from the ages of like one to five people 
people think, oh, the kid's not listening, he's not learning. They're listening and learning everything. They're like a sponge. Oh, they're taking yeah, they are. around them. And they're oh, even, they're, they're, yeah, like with all five senses, you know, they're obviously, you know, taste, touch, sense, uh, smell, feeling. But even more than that, they're, they're like, they're feeling the vibrations, the thoughts of what's going on around them and, and the way that the parents are behaving and acting and, and you know, the kind of, the sentiment, the atmosphere, the vibe in the home. Like people people take that for granted and don't understand that. But, you know, and I think particularly that pertains to um, letting kids when they're really young, you know, have, have phones and deal with technology en masse. I just don't think it's a good, a good route to go down. But, you know, you, you do, you inherently... No. You no, become I... you become what your parents were and, and did. Sorry to cut across you there. But you kind of become what your your parents were and, and did and, and just part of them becomes you, doesn't it? And my whole family is from Ireland. So right. for any for any of you that know the Irish history, we are meat and potatoes people and we <laughs> work hard to the we get our bully, we do the work, we don't stop until it's done. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, born hustlers, you could say. Certainly born hard workers. Yeah, I work. Oh, yes. And mm. so, yeah. And so, it um, it's so funny that people are um, saying, well, when, what nationality are you? I am Bahamian. I'm Canadian. I'm Irish. But my main nationality is Irish. And when the pandemic first hit, I thought, okay, this is great. I never thought that the Irish meat and potato famine would come back in 2020. <laughs> I was never so happy to see food in my life. At the, and it's still true that they all eat anything and everything that you put in front of me because that is part of my heritage. Yes, yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is that stuff carries on from generation to generation to generation, you know. Oh, yeah. It really does, yeah, yeah, it really, really does. And um, I, and I think, you know, I just want to say this, when that you are actually, in, in my eyes and my opinion, one of life's complete winners. And I think when, you're, when your grandmother bestowed you with that fantastic name of yours, Win, she, she, she laid the path for you. She laid the destiny for you. And then you really have gone forth and lived up to that name, you know, yeah, despite the challenges right. you've had in, in life and, and they've been pretty varying and pretty fast. You've, you've probably achieved a lot more than um, some people do who are, who are fully, fully able in, in all respects. So, so I just want to say that I, I really, I really respect that. And I really, I really cherish that. And I think that you, you truly are one of the last winners. So I commend oh. you in everything you do. And, and just keep doing it. I mean, I know you're never going to stop anyway, because just from the conversation we've had here, that's clear. But yeah, just just maximum love and respect to you for for, for what you're doing and, and how you push well, it forward. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And when the going gets tough, and when my fan base, when I think, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too tough. And when I get um, when I get accolades from my fan base saying you help me mow a lavender farm or you help me walk into work you help me corral my kids you help me 
get out of bed every day because of my own disability, um, then I think, okay, I'll get in front of that podcasting mic or get in front of that stream yard and do my job one more day. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a great way to look at it, you know, just keep pushing, take one day at a time and, and just just enjoy life, you know. I see that you live with a lot of joy and, and I think that's key in life, you know. Once you find true inner joy, that just leads to happiness at scale for you. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, through doing what you actually enjoy, enjoy and love doing, um, that paired with that kind of attitude, it, it just takes you very far in life. Yeah. Now, you know, I want to talk about books now. I can see there's an awful lot of books behind you. I know that you told me off camera that you, you can't actually read a, a physical paperback book um, because of your disability, right? But you like to digest books in audio form. Is that right? Yes. I yeah. digest books digitally. Although yeah. the last time I um, read a book, I was deeply distracted and I want to get back to that point. I'm like, people, leave me alone. I'm on, I was literally on a vacation. I was literally sitting on a couch and uh, my, my vacation spot and my phone rings and people want me. And I'm like, I'm on vacation. I'm reading a book. Leave me alone. You know <laughs> that I am. This person knew that I was on vacation too. And I'm like, I'm leave, leave me alone. I'm on a, I'm on a vacation. I need this vacation to come back refreshed. And I um, need this vacation to deal with the next transition. And so I like to read books digitally. I like to read books audially uh, by audio. And so, but I'm always a lifelong learner. I'm always watching other content creators, except fun fact, Wynn does not like to listen to interviews. And I don't like to listen to my own interviews. My own interviews, I put them out. I let other people critique them, and I don't listen to them. And I don't listen to when people interview me, I just let it flow and then move on to the next interview. And people are like, why? Because I'm like, I don't like my own interviews. I hate listening to interviews on people's podcasts. Even though I um, listen to podcasts, my um, favorite type of medium is music. And on the occasion, I'll listen to podcasts when I have time but i would um rather listen to music than a podcast jeez hmm. isn't that interesting that you like creating podcasts but you don't like listening to them and i do like listening to them but they have to be particular ones and i have to be in a really wonky mood to listen to them i um yeah I just have to be really needing that um, comforting voice and really just, yeah. And what kind of books do you really like reading? I, um, I like, I don't like self-help because I, <laughs> I am a self-help book. I like um, 
novels. I like, um, I actually like young adult fiction because my brain can process young adult fiction. And a lot of people don't know I have a TBI, a traumatic brain injury on top of cerebral palsy. And um, for those of you who experience me coughing during this interview, that is a sign of asthma. And so I'm on the quest of getting diagnosed with asthma. So it's going to be a double diagnosis for me. But, and of course, yeah, asthma is part of my family history too. And so that's going to be a fun diagnosis when I get that. But we'll just handle asthma like we handle cerebral palsy with grace. Yeah, I, I just, it's amazing. Uh, it's amazing how you just don't let anything waver your spirit and you just you just keep on pressing on. And uh, yeah, I tell you, you've really actually inspired me today on this podcast um, to do more, to be more, to just, you know, do what do what I have, where I am with what I've got and, and just keep pushing, right? It's the only yeah. way, it's the only way forward. It's the only really way to win in life, to coin a phrase. I didn't mean to say that. And to get closer to your, to your goals and, and your aspirations. And to that yeah. point, like I'd like to talk about, and I know you've mentioned to them on this podcast, but I think they're really important. And I'd like you to readdress them and make them clear, like your goals and your aspirations for the future of what you're doing in the space of social media and podcasting. My goals and my aspirations are to get one million downloads of my podcast, my main podcast, Ask Win, One Million Downloads. And then um, my goals are to hold a credited journalism degree and become a journalist. And my goals are to work with big boys. Um, I, and someone asked me this, and a journalist asked me this once, and he asked me this recently, and um, his name is Bill Trezalon, and I um, got to interview him. I'm actually working with him and the crew over at IMBTV, and they're an international-based broadcasting crew, and they have a YouTube channel, and I have, I'm part of that YouTube channel, I have a YouTube show, um, Winning with Win, every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 12 p.m. Pacific, just to throw that out there. And I, um, Bill Trezevant said to me, um, do you want to be known as the disabled journalist or everyday normal journalist? I said, throw every story at me. You have all just taken with a disability and deal with it with grace. And then I might use speech dictation. I will get it added and I will get a copy written. But I just throw every story at me that you um, want. And then I don't want to make the disabled, the quote unquote, disabled stories, the pity parties, because I've actually done research on this. I did research on this about a year ago. And that time is out of 10, the stories that involve people with disabilities are pity parties and they're begging for money because they need a new van or they need a new wheelchair or they need a new lift or they need 
elevator or they need a new this and then it will say grandma carried grandson up 10 flights of stairs help me help me help me i want to make it so that it's not help me help me help me it shines on the disabilities more importantly it shines on the caregivers for the disabled and then we can put the help me help me help me stories in at the end yeah yeah i think that's a really good way to look at it isn't it it's a really good way to to frame it and perhaps it's not the way it's being framed right now but um you know if anyone's going to make that difference and change and and inspire it to happen i think it's going to be you win i think yeah. it's going to be yeah yeah absolutely now um let's talk just go pulling back to books because i know you've written several of your own books over at yeah, I know, right I have i'm working on my 12th and 13th the 12 is ready to go i just have to put more time in my life to uh, get it to a publisher and then have them publish it yeah yeah and and, and your and the view my heels book is that your latest one that is part of a novel series i wrote after writing on camera when i was so sick of writing about cerebral palsy that i needed a break i needed a creative break so i decided to write the view from my hills and that is book number one in the view from my hills series oh great so it's going to be a series i love that it's going to it is a series and it's going to continue to be a series wonderful wonderful i'm wondering when we're going to close out in a sec but I'm wondering if you could give to the audience, people who are watching right now, who are inspired, and I'm sure they are because I'll tell you I am, um, three hot tips, you know, for anyone that's wanting to start their own small business, perhaps doesn't like their job and is thinking about making that transition to doing their own thing, you know, generating their own cash, doing their own hustle. Yeah, three hot tips you would, you would perhaps give them. I want you three hot tips, and the bosses out there will kill me. But um, I want you to email your boss and say, can I please have a meeting with you? And I want you to put in that two weeks notice or however long it will take you to get a replacement for you. Um, typically in America, it's two weeks. And um, some people make it shorter. But I want you to say goodbye to day job and start this entrepreneurial journey. If you already have a job set up, that's great. But if you don't, I, especially if you have a disability, I could teach you in two seconds flat how to work your magic and use your strong voice. That's tip number one. So tip number one is say bye-bye to that day job. Tip number two is um, start what you really love and go into what you really love deeply. Tip number three is just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Tip number three sounds cheesy, I know. And yes, it's the Nike slogan, just do it, but just do it. Just do it. The power of decision. Yes. 
It's power, so powerful, so powerful. Okay, yeah. so have a meeting with your boss, quit your job, ask him that the, the applicable time that's needed for you to for you to leave amicably. Yeah, it's not good to burn your bridges. I think we can no. both agree on that. Um, no, not good to burn your bridges. No, uh, find what you love. You know, take a bit of time to find out what it is, and then just go and then just go with it, follow it, and then just do it. Love them, love them. Yeah, Great point. Yeah, just do it. And so many bosses are gonna be like, "What? When you?" <laughs> and so, no. But I, I thought about this. I knew this was coming. I gave me twenty four hours, you guys. And so I'm like, since the pandemic is changing, and one last tip while we're on here, um, Twitter has Twitter, the tweet company, um, run by. J Jack Dorsey has said to its employees, you can work from home permanently. So a lot of these big companies are saying you can work from home permanently. A lot of these companies are re-looking at the workspace and re-looking at the workforce. That's huge. I never knew that. And I was just speaking to someone about this on, on another show the other day. I can't remember who it was. I do these in such volumes. Sometimes the conversations blend, start blending together. But we were, I was saying, and we were saying that how is this going to impact the world? How is it going to change the world? How many people do you think go to work and love what they do, but just don't like the environment they do it in? Perhaps don't like the people they do it with. Perhaps don't like the people they do it for. And actually, now they've been at home, they've found that they're a lot more productive. They're a lot more happy. They're just essentially more productive and more happy because they're not having to do it in this environment they don't like. They're okay. And they're having to do the 30 minute commute away from their kids either. True. That's something I didn't think about as well. The commute, well, particularly exactly. for our kids. They're not having you know. to do the 45 minute commute and they're mm -hmm. not having, they can be in a home helping the next generation helping raise the next generation i have two friends that are doing that and they're like i want to help my family raise the next generation mm, it's fantastic and i think um when you think back to the the you know generation certainly kind of our grandparents generation you know that was that was a bit more of the model then, wasn't it? People stayed at home a little bit more, a little bit longer to, to raise their kids in more of the family environment where now, you know, now parents go out to work when their kids are, you know, you know, one years old, barely one years old, they go to the nursery yeah. and they're going out to work. It's That's yeah. changed a lot, actually. It's, it's not changed. been a really big crowd. It's changed. No, and it's so funny because when my dad got diagnosed with um, lung cancer when he was in the stages of getting diagnosed in the hospital, they told him that, um, they told him, well, they said, you are going to have to move to a lower level than a high altitude. High altitude is not good for you because now you're on oxygen and you're suffering and if you want a quality of life, you're going to have to move. So I walk in, to his hospital, and he announces to me and slash my step sister and my stepmom that he was looking up Phoenix, Arizona to move to at one point. And then he goes to me, 
well, what about your job? Because at the time I had my job. And I said, dude, I literally said that. I said, dude, I could quit my job in two seconds flat, carry my laptop and through the airport and work in an airport and following you, chasing you down the airport and making sure you get on the plane and I'll be fine. And she, he goes, what about your BFF? I said, my BFF wants me to live the best quality of life. I'll be fine. She'll understand what, um, what uh, is happening. My job now is to take care of you slash manage you slash manage your help slash manage me. Yeah. Yeah, it's responsible responsibility, right? And um, and um it's so funny because uh the baby boomer generation is so used to clocking clocking in, clocking out that mm-hmm. they don't understand this whole internet um podcasting thing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um at the, at, the, at the scale it's happening now, I think there's over a million podcasts out there now, and, and, and I'm sure they'll be growing rapidly. That uh, there's soon, soon enough, just like there's magazines, books, publications, TV shows, albums, there'll be a podcast for absolutely everyone. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, when and on that on that note, where's the best place for people? I know you do such a, a vast variety of things: the books, the podcasts, you know, the, the social media, your business. Where's the best one place that people can find out more about you? You can go to askwin.weebelids.com, and if you know how to f- subscribe to Drake's podcast, you pretty much know how to subscribe to. Um, any podcast, including Aswin, and please, 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 in Apple Podcast, if you listen to Jake's podcast, The Hunger for Side Hustle, please leave him a five-star review in Apple Podcast in Australia, in the U.S. Now, if you're doing it in Australia, his home country, that's great, but if you're doing it in the U.S., that's also great, but Jake, here's a poll tip for you. You have to pull down um, at the bottom of Apple Podcasts to see your reviews from the U.S., from the um, Australia. But please support Jake and his um, podcast and keep up the good work, you guys. And please support all independent podcasters and all independent content creators, especially those with a disability. Thank you, Wynn. Thank you for your support. And I, I truly, truly appreciate that. I've dropped a link, askwin.weebly.com. If anyone wants to connect with Wynn or follow the vast amount of things she's doing, that's the best place to find her. Wynn, thank you so much for your time today. And again, thank you for everything you're doing. I'm sure we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Take care. Enjoy your evening.